You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media, technology, and communications, all dealing with the church, and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Today we're talking about church mobile apps. And I'm going to give you a little history on my on my experience with mobile apps and why we don't use them. And I'll give you two, two maybe even three reasons why we're currently not using a mobile app. Um, and you may find these reasons compelling to you, and you may not. I don't know. But we get this question every once in a while on the uh, Facebook group, which now, by the way, has 2,000 members, which I'm really proud of. But we get this question all the time. What app are you using? We're thinking about using an app. You know, who are you using, et cetera, et cetera. So let me give you a little brief history on my experience with church mobile apps. In 2013, when I joined the staff of Brentwood Baptist, one of the first things I did was I did an assessment on all of our digital assets. That was our web, our digital channels in terms of social media, and our mobile. And our mobile, we had a mobile app, and we were using Subsplash. Um, and they were really nice people to deal with, really good customer service every time I dealt with them. Um, but I looked at the cost at what it was costing us to run the mobile app. Now, keep in mind, we were running multiple mobile apps because we were a multi-campus and each campus had its own camp pastor. So a lot of ways we're kind of like running, like almost like running five churches, if you will. So think about having like, we were at that point, we were having like three apps and we were adding additional campuses. We were going to scale up to five. And so when I started doing the cost, the cost was getting up to six times the amount of cost of what it was taking to run our website on a monthly basis. So for me, from a cost standpoint, I initially had some objections to it. The other thing was we were relaunching our website. We just built out a brand new website around 2014 and the new website was responsive, dealt really well with mobile devices. I love the way it looked, love the way it came across. And everything that I saw the mobile app could do, the website could do just as well, if not a little bit better in terms of, I thought, a user experience. Um, plus, we didn't have the heartburn of trying to go to the app, up, update the app, and then physically update the app, and then have to update the website. If we had one great mobile experience on the web, across the board, we'd never have to deal with the app. So I pulled the plug on the app. Now, when I pulled the plug on the app, I'll be honest with you, I thought we were going to get some blowback. I thought there were going to be some loyal app users that were going to be really angry, really frustrated, and there were going to be pitchforks, and you know they're going to come and try to get me. The reality of it is we pulled the app, and I got zero complaints. Zero complaints from our users. Now, granted, there's some people who probably were upset but just didn't think to write me, and that's honest to goodness probably the truth. But the reality is for majority of our church, even though we heavily promoted the app, when we pulled the app, most people didn't care. Now, obviously, I said as before, I pulled the app partly because of costs and the user experience returning of us having to upload and manage two different platforms, which me didn't scale and didn't seem right given all the work we had going on. But the other thing was, was I had this hunch that the app market was kind of maturing and that people were kind of getting app fatigue. And so I didn't have any hard data on that, but I knew that was kind of my gut that we we're kind of reaching an inflection point with, with apps. And lately, some data has been coming out in 2016, and I think late, maybe even 2015, that that's kind of true, that we're noticing that most people, in fact, 80% of people are only using about three or four apps on their phone. Um, in fact, we find most people are actually even only downloading one, and most, if you average it out, probably like zero apps per month. So we've got a lot of people who aren't 
downloading apps. And in fact, a quarter of all apps that are downloaded. We're finding people only use them after you know one use, open them one time, and never open them up ever again. So as we can see, the barrier to become that three or four apps that people are going to constantly use, that's that that's getting higher and higher. So that's my first objection to this day. Why we still don't use it is, I don't know how an app from a church app can break into that top three or four app that people are going to use on a consistent basis. And I need enough people to use that app to really justify the upfront development costs that most app companies uh, charge you for a good user experience and a monthly cost. I need a lot of people using it and it's got to be really in the top three or four. And I'm talking top three or four. I'm talking Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, text messaging, WhatsApp, whatever it is those people are using. But it's got to be in those top three or four, even Netflix, whatever that is on people's phones. It's got to be in that top three or four. So that's my first objection. My second objection to why we still currently don't use it is I kind of divide apps into three different categories. And apps are, in my opinion, either consumption apps, okay, and that could be like consumption, like a game, like an entertainment, or it could be like a newspaper, or it could be like YouTube. Or they can be, the second category is a utility app. So that would be like your settings, a task list, uh, maybe a special camera app that you have. It's just a, it's a utility you use to produce or do something. And then the third ones are apps that are do community and social. That's your Facebook, your Snapchat, your Instagram, etc. So apps to me kind of fall in one of those three categories. And those is where I kind of see where most people kind of camp out between those three things. A church app, in my opinion, really often, a lot of times, just ends up becoming a consumption app. It's a place where you can go and you could download the podcast or you can watch the sermon online. You can do those things. And that's great. The reality is I don't know if that in and of itself justifies the cost of doing an app. So for me, there's got to be a utility aspect. Well, if there's going to be a utility aspect of the app, then I need to talk to my database. And for us, our membership databases were not church platform, uh, excuse me, a ministry platform. And to do that, it's going to require a lot of heavy lifting. And nobody at this point for us has done that heavy lifting to get to talk to ministry platform. And I'm talking logging in, user ministry platform login, and then creating a user, rich user experience by which that all that person can look up. They can look up what they get the tie. They can look up stuff about their small group. They can look up stuff about deacons. They can look up a whole lot of different things all based on that app. So in other words, it needs to have a rich utility based type experience. And the third thing is obviously a community aspect to it. However, I don't really think any app is ever going to do that because I've noticed that apps that try to build a community experience outside of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, very rarely are able to do that and do that well. In fact, that's why those apps, in my opinion, are so good at what they do. So when I look at that, my second objection, as I said before, those three things is I don't see an app being able to do those things and do those things well that, in my opinion, justifies the cost compared to what I'm spending on the web. So those two things, one, not being able to break into top three or four apps that people are going to use on a consistent basis, and two, not having a rich enough experience, in my opinion, that's going to really separate itself are the two reasons why to this day we're still probably not going to use an app as much as I'm going to export. I'm going to talk about it. We're still going to dream. In fact, we just had a whiteboard session last week about what would it, what would a really great mobile app experience look like to this point? I still haven't found it yet. Uh, we've got a lot of vendors who try to call us and, you know, cold call. And then we have conversations and we've done conference calls and they're really great people. I mean, I don't want to any way, shape or form disparage the people who do a lot of the church apps. As I said before, we dealt with Subsplash and they are wonderful, wonderful people. We've talked to Blue Ridge and they're great people. 
But at the end of the day, it's not for us right now. So if you're thinking about maybe possibly looking into doing a church app, I want to caution you. I want you to really think through those things and figure out what the cost really is going to be for you in terms of actual dollars and time of maintaining that app. Are you going to have to go to maintain the app differently from the website? And if you got look at all those costs and ask yourself, is it worth it given the number of people who are actually going to really use it on a daily basis versus your website? I think you're going to find the church app is much more expensive on a per user basis than your website is. So those are just some things for you to think about in terms of the mobile app world and what you should look for. If you've got a question for me, head over to askdaryl.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-R-E-L.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at D-G-I-R-A-R-D-I-E. E-R. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to AskDaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.